Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm Kevin. And I'm Eric. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. (laughs) That's a good one. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Hi, Eric. Hi, Kevin. It's <laughs> glad to be. I'm glad to be back here. So yeah. you haven't kicked me out, so I guess I'm doing yeah. something right. No, I mean, look, this is a fun ass movie. <laughs> Dude, we're here to talk more about Face Off, uh, 1997, just fucking action movie, like Oof. classic, classic. Do you remember your first experience with this movie? I do. I was in high school still, so I was I was actually 16 at the time. I had just gotten my license, and I was dating this girl. And we went as a giant group, and it was super embarrassing because I was more invested in the movie than I was in her. (laughs) And as I was watching the movie in preparation for this podcast, one of the notes I took down is how I watched it in the theater thinking how cool it was unironically. Right? Like, I mean, it was just legitimately cool. Oh, this movie? Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was was like. Oh, the the movie to look forward to this summer. I right, like, exactly. You know? like, hell yeah. yeah. And now we're watching it. We're kind of laughing at it a little bit. I mean, it's still great. We love this movie. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this. Of course. But it is, I watch it differently than I did as a 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's, it's definitely more campy now. Yes, exactly. Than it felt then, but it does. I think speak to my love life a little bit that I go see this movie <laughs> and I pay more attention to it than I do okay. my girlfriend. But whatever. I mean, I I remember being so fucking amped for this movie before it came out. Like, just I was obsessed with John Woo's like yeah. the coolest. Yeah, I had seen his his big Hong Kong movies, and mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit, this looks awesome and. And Cage and Travolta were both like the biggest thing going at the oh time, my God, you know. I so mean, huge. It was going to be epic. Yeah. And I remember seeing it, and I remember feeling like in my mind there was always something like very Hitchcockian about the plot of the movie. Yeah. Like it's one of these like there's a massive conspiracy, and you know, there's one man against you know like this whatever all the forces are aligned against him how is he ever going to figure this out like a man who knew too much type of situation (laughs) but also just like such a like you got the birds or any number of Hitchcock movies where it's like completely ludicrous scenario or premise but it's also very juicy yeah like there's a lot of real estate to explore And, and we've mentioned this multiple times but like if you can get in on it right if you can accept that time travel is real then, I mean, there's a lot to really dig about this movie. Because sure. if you buy the premise, then everything else that happens with it is it's actually really believable. It's really entertaining. Yeah, it's really entertaining. Uh, yeah, different than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, what are you drinking over there? I'm drinking, I am drinking a 
POG Scofflaw Pog Basement IPA. It's quite good, actually. I love those. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of IPAs, but this one is actually good. I drank a Sapporo in a previous episode. <laughs> you I do love the Sapporo. Sapporo. It was a big Sapporo. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> I am uh, drinking uh, bourbons. It's a bourbon called Tumbling Dice. Ooh. I don't, I, I don't, it's strong as fuck. That's all I'll say about it. That's all I know about it. It's from Kentucky. I mean, it's that it's official, right? I mean, isn't it like not officially a bourbon unless it's from nah, Kentucky? I think, they're li- I think they're a little looser on that now. Okay. I think, I, I think it has to be from the United States to now yes. to be called a bourbon, but it yes. doesn't have to be from Kentucky okay. anymore if it meets all the other criteria. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So I will. Oh no, no! You you get the honor of trying to as quick as you can summarize okay. what's going on in the plot up to the point we're at. Okay, so at this point, there's been a massive uh, uh, action sequence at the top of the movie where we establish the rivalry between Caster Troy and Sean Archer. We know that there's a rivalry partially because. Pastor Troy's attempted to murder Sean Archer and instead <laughs> killed his son because apparently he doesn't understand how physics works yeah. and that bullets can go through flesh pretty easily. So six years later, they get a break in the case. There's an amazing action sequence at a small airport. Caster Troy is presumed dead, but then we discover right. that he's only in a coma and there's an advanced cosmetic surgery procedure that they can literally swap faces. The yes. reason being that Sean Archer is the only one who knows enough about Caster Troy to pose as him to convince his brother Pollux Troy to give up the location of a nerve gas bomb that has uh-huh. been hidden somewhere in Los Angeles. Yeah. They know that it's going off in six days, but they don't know where. So Sean Archer as Caster Troy goes to this very dystopian 1984-esque prison yes. with magnetic boots that they can lock down on the ground. Yep. Speaks to Pollux, gains the location of where the bomb is, thinks that he's getting pulled out only to find that he's staring at his se- at, at his own face as the doors open when he's told he has a visitor. Yes. And who is that face? Oh yeah, it is Caster Troy. Wearing his face. Wearing he's woken his face. Up. He switched into That's his right. body. And yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. so that's the juicy setup. Now we can get into the, the creamy center <laughs> portion of the movie. This is where, yeah, this is but where yeah, it gets so, crazy. So yeah. Archer is in disbelief. He sees the cat. He's on his own face, she yeah. said. Yeah. Caster is amused. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> now slide. at this point, Travolta is. Uh, he's playing the character that had been Nick Cage up until now. Right. And he's doing his Nick Cage shtick. And I will say that his impersonation of Nick Cage is better oh, yeah. than Nick Cage's impersonation of Travolta. I don't even know if you can call whatever Nick Cage is doing a Travolta impression. Exactly. I feel like he was just doing his own thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Castor's like, ooh, wee, you good looking. You hot. <laughs> and he's like, he does his real Nick Cage show. He's like, it's like looking in a mirror, only, only not. not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so awesome. good. It's so good. And I, I read somewhere in my, re, in my research that Travolta and Cage like hung out together for a couple of weeks uh, trying to develop impressions of each other, like their oh, cadences really? and mannerisms and stuff like that. But it definitely shows with Travolta's performance, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So now Caster shows Archer a newspaper article about... The deadly fire at the Walsh Institute mm-hmm. reveals that he and his goons 
murdered Dr. Walsh and Miller and Tito. Mm-hmm. He's rocking Archer's wedding ring Oof. to prove it. Yeah. Cage plays this scene like really cowardly, sort of like bizarrely <laughs> cowardly. Oh, yeah. Tito, they're dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah. just, I, I thought it was weird. I mean, I guess he's in shock. Yeah. But he should, Cage should be playing Archer the same way that Travolta played Archer, which is like an Ahab like character. And right? like, super yeah super focused yeah like laser obsessive. focused obsessive yeah. on his mission or whatever yeah and instead he just sort of plays him like a wimp yeah which, or something which and it's is like a bizarre turn and i'm like Tra- travolta if anyone travolta should be playing it that way when he is archer posing as no wait when he's caster <laughs> posing as archer right then he might play him as a wimp because that might be the way that caster imagines archer is exactly exactly but cage nick cage should not be playing archer as a different type of character I agree. than Travolta had done because he's not faking it. <laughs> right, exactly. He he's not trying to legitimately fake. Sean Archer. There's right? moments where he fakes being what he thinks Caster Troy is like, but right. this wouldn't be a moment that he's No, absolutely. This is a moment anything. of genuine right, and so him being sniveling, it, it was a wrong emotion in my opinion. I feel like he should have been angry. Like it would be like if the white whale showed up wearing Ahab's face. Yeah. Ahab wouldn't start crying. Oh. Yeah. But I feel like that's Nick Cage like not understanding the assignment though, more than anything. I don't think that it's I don't you know, I don't think he was making a an an informed choice about how he was playing it. I think he might have been confused. Like he might have still been thinking, like, well, I'm uh, the caster guy thinks that Archer's a, a big old pussy. Yeah. So I'm going to play him like he's sort of a pussy. Yeah. Like, no, wait, you're not, you're not caster anymore. Right. Though. I imagine like John Woo trying to explain to Nick Cage, you're playing it wrong. And then just after point going off, oh, you yeah. <laughs> you're a big star. Um, but so caster says, I destroyed all the evidence that we swapped identities. So you're going to be stuck in here for like forever, forever. There's so many questions raised by this like did did walsh perform the second swap solo i know that was i was wondering that too because in the first one there's like 12 people i don't think it's humanly possible for someone to do that by themselves right right but and even the haircut part like alone right i don't think that was like the using the laser shears is probably one thing, but like coloring the hair and <laughs> and changing the texture of it and styling right, it exactly. is not like a doctor's he forte. Is, he is not a trained in the hairstyling arts. And then there's also like the large amount of other people who were part of the first procedure, right, who are aware, who are not dead, as it, far as we know, as far as we know, right? Who would be like when they see? We haven't got there quite yet, but when they see like. Archer on the news like, uh, saving the world, then it's like, wait, I swapped that dude's face out <laughs> recently, like like last week. Right. You know? Right. Like it's just it's it's not like there's no one who knows. No, about I mean there the are procedure. still people who knows. And it, I feel like they, they it would have been easy if they had in that scene where Miller and Tito and Dr. Walsh are all burning up, if they had you the, other, the whole staff right, in why to do the surgery. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But apparently Castro Troy only has two goons. He can only afford just those two goons because they show up <laughs> over and over again over the course of the yeah. movie. Then Castor goes in and sort of like licks slash bites 
Archer's face. Yeah, that was just weird. So weird. Now Archer then grabs Caster by the throat, <laughs> crushing his his larynx. Yes. And one would think that would dislodge the voice chip, but it it wait, apparently does. This is within ten minutes of us having had it explained how delicate this thing is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But the right. guards come in, they cattle prod poor Archer. Uh, they separate the two guys. They're pressing the baton into Archer's throat. Yep. yep. Which also, also has no does effect. Not. Yep. So Caster leaves. Uh, later on, Caster is driving to the Archer residence, and he hates this suburban like paradise. Yes. And I love the the Hispanic maid in the traditional maid uniform yeah. pushing a baby cart across <laughs> the street. Oh when he's driving away. They just found an extra. Yeah, like, they just found some random extra. Yeah. 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 Can you push this? <laughs> then there was this ridiculous song playing on the stereo oh with God. the lyrics are saying, what's giving you the will to live is looking for revenge. <laughs> it's like, the fuck? Is this like a South Park? Like, this is like a Team America moment or some shit. Were you able like, to figure out if it was actually written for the movie or is this a song? I, think, or? I mean, it is an existing, it is a song that exists. I don't know if it was, this was its first time ever being heard, but it's definitely like a, Let's find us a song with lyrics that really try to sync up with the plot or whatever. Yeah. But he's like driving around. He hates everything. Mm -hmm. He says, I may never get a hard on again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then he drives right past his own house or Archer's house where he sees Eve walking out and he's like, he thinks she's hot. Apparently he's like, oh yes, there we go. Uh, He backs up. There's like this porno bass drop. Yeah. Like we're supposed to think that Eve is hella sexy. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, Joan Allen is a beautiful woman, but they did not do her they any favors. Out of her. I mean, she's wearing a, a pantsuit and the she's clothes got are like terrible. The hair is terrible. Rocking a, the ultimate mom haircut. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, bizarre. Apparently this, this is weird to me. The studio wanted them to cast like a young, hot babe to be Archer's wife and then they were going to make her like a stepmother to Jamie and I'm like this really doesn't make any that fucking sense. Archer's not go. that kind of dude. Yeah. Apparently John Woo though like rejected that and was like oh. fought really hard for there to be like an age appropriate spouse. Oh god. You know Props I was like him. good yeah. right on yeah. yeah. So Eve makes a crack to him about like oh you've been away so much you forgot where you live <laughs> and Archer shrugs off he's like you know all these houses on this it's block look the same, same which is pretty good cover. Which is good yeah I know it really was. So he picks up from her, we gather, that she doesn't know about the body swapping operation. Mm-hmm. Caster tries to go straight for sex with her. <laughs> and she says, I'm on my way to work. I'm still mad at you. And he's like, he says, like, give me that tongue. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, right. He does say that. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, at least his character is consistent. They establish he's really into tongues. So she goes walking off. There's another bass drop, like porn, like. <laughs> then they, then they cut they to up, the flattest ass <laughs> I've ever you, seen you, in my life. The flattest ass ever on film. <laughs> and he, he keeps making moves. He's like, I hate to see you go, but I love, love to, to watch, watch you leave. leave. Which is a classic line, but I think <laughs> this movie is probably the first time I ever heard it. Oh, but really? I think, I, uh. I think I'm sure it pre-existed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I no. just was a, a young, uh, impressionable teen. I hadn't heard it. But she seems to be like amused by it right. all. Like the bad boy. Like, oh, where did this bad boy yeah. come from? So now Caster goes. He starts exploring the Archer house. Mm-hmm. He reads Eve's diary, which the writer said, like, this is a big... We, we had to have a way that he could know what the home situation's like here. This will explain away any questions anyone has about him not 
like, how would he know this or how would he know that? It's in the diary. Yeah. And I want to call out it, earlier in the movie where he comes home and he's has to tell her he has to go away for a while, and he but he can't tell her why. Yeah. And he wakes her up by putting his hand over her face and goes, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to wake you up. Yeah. The book that is laying on her chest as she's sleeping is her diary. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And so Attention to detail. It is. And I suspect that, that she's writing in the diary what you're about to explain, yeah. which is... It, right. He's reading the diary. It says in there, we haven't had sex. We haven't fucked in two months, which makes Caster like depressed and like what a loser what a loser <laughs> now we hear james brown music starts blasting mm -hmm. uh caster goes to discover pantsless jamie in the bedroom all the goth kids were listening to james brown in Apparently. 1997 <laughs> Again, I, I, re I reiterate that i feel like everybody who made this movie had heard what a goth was but didn't really know. They're out there. Yeah, they're out there. <laughs> they have some vague notion of it, but they're not. Like, they're not they like, like vampires <laughs> or something. <laughs> she seems to like have shed the goth look a little bit, though. Though the, the plot thickens as he's like checking her ass out. Oh, my God. You know, and uh, the the su this subplot had the potential to go like really dark. Really dark. Yeah. I, I will say, I think as a viewer, I feel like this was the first time in my life that I realized that, like, oh, I'm an ass guy. Because like, I was into Dominique Swain. Like I said, I'm like, mm, that, do that, that does it for me. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, all right. But he mistakenly calls her Janie. Yes, that's right, which we established like, early in the she's movie. She's like, Janie? Yeah. And he covers his mistake because there's a conveniently... <laughs> embroidered pink pillow in the goth kids room <laughs> with her, name, says, with her name on it. Right. But yeah, when I was rewatching and taking the notes, the first time he called her Janie, I'm like, Oh, the screenwriters like made a mistake or yeah. they made a mistake filming. Right. right they got right. the name of the kid wrong. But then later on, it's like, Oh no, it makes sense. Like Castor thinks her name is Jane. Like his daughter's name is Janie, which is already probably more info than he should have. Right. Exactly. And this goes back to like, I, I really, and we talked about this in the first episode, I don't think Castor Troy actually wants to kill Sean Archer. I mean, he shoots him in the opening scene, yeah, but yeah. there are so many opportunities over the course of this guy's life where he could have killed Sean Archer free and clear and doesn't. I mean, he well, has his address. Did he, how did he find the house? Did he, did you think he knew it before he swapped into his body or did he like... Oh, that's a good point. Maybe did he like, find it around the office yeah, or something maybe somewhere? maybe he did. Maybe he did, but... Nonetheless, though, he has all of this personal information. But he knows, about yeah, him. he knows everything about his right. home life, it seems. And so I maintain he is absolutely Sean Archer's Joker, right? Life I'm is more you. fun when he's around, <laughs> which actually I like more, yeah. right? Like yeah. he, he enjoys taunting he likes the Sean cat Archer. And mouse. He does like the cat and mouse, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> so Caster says to Jamie, You've got something I crave. <laughs> this <laughs> looks right. very Ooh. creepy. Yeah. Then he spots this pack of cigarettes that are on his on her dresser he takes one she's like those aren't mine and he's like well i won't tell mom if you, you don't, don't. Yeah. it's just funny so caster then says you're gonna be seeing a lot of changes around here and he starts puffing smoke rings in her face <laughs> and he says you know his channel says james brown and says, papa's got a brand new, new bag. bag and he goes boogieing on out of the room <laughs> that's right oh my god that scene was it was super creepy yeah i he mean pressed like his body up against hers yeah. when he's like reaching for the cigarettes and, and it was creepy not even just from the standpoint of like the context within the film but travolta is so much older yeah and it's just like just even 
being I just imagine like being the guy holding the boom mic on the day, yeah. watching John Travolta press himself up against her like that. It's like, oh, that's just super, super creepy. Well, it's creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. But yeah. it's also it's creepy if it's this depraved killer. Yeah. Like and and like sex crazed maniac yes. or whatever that he seems Which like they he is. Establish very, very clearly. It's almost creepier. If you think about like that, this is her dad. She yeah. thinks it's her dad. It's her dad. Like she's, she's not not into it, right? Yeah, like, she's like am- amused by the right. by him wanting to smoke with her and like. Anyway, it's just <laughs> we it's need, weird. We, we need to move there's forward. There's a lot. From this. There's a lot going on. But so back at the prison, Pollux is escorted out being escorted out archers in a position to see this from inside of his cell which is apparently the top of the cells are just metal grates yeah yeah so he's like bye bro as he's leaving that's right that's the right. head guard uh says you know that archer cut a deal with pollux in exchange for him providing information so archer tries to then warn the guard you know there's a bomb at the la convention center the guard doesn't give a shit. No, couldn't care less. Weird reaction. <laughs> We're like, if the terrorist is telling you, wait, there's a bomb. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, wait, 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 up. hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Stomp on his hands. He probably should not have led by saying, I'm Sean Archer. <laughs> right. He probably should have been like, I'm Caster Troy. And Let me tell you, there's a bomb in the city, right. you know. But back at the FBI office. Castor is preparing to interview Pollux. Mm-hmm. The underlings are telling Castor they're, they're sorry about what happened to Tito, mm-hmm. you know, the Archer's best friend. Mm-hmm. Hey, shit happens, you, you know. know. And <laughs> no, it doesn't raise an eyebrow for basically anybody. Right. Like, shouldn't he be trying to act the way he thinks Archer would act? Again, yeah, exactly. You're trying to maintain this cover, especially about the plot device that it's about to occur, right? Yeah. So Margaret Cho then warns that the bomb should be running out of time now. The permanently angry boss, the dad from Fargo, father-in-law from <laughs> Fargo, right. comes wa- barging in. He's mad at Archer for cutting a deal with Pollux. And he's like, hey, fresh tactics. <laughs> <laughs> so now when left completely alone to interview Pollux, turns off the camera, walks in the room, turns off the microphone. They start chatting. Pollux is like saying, it's weird to see you like this. And Castor is like, you know, like, his nose, his hair, this ridiculous, ridiculous chin. chin. Oh, my God. What a is, great line. Apparently, Travolta was like insecure to say it. Oh, really? Like, that he wanted to talk to the writers. And he's like, are you saying that my chin is stupid or whatever? And he's like, uh, they're like, no, no. <laughs> it, we don't think your chin's ridiculous. Is <laughs> Castor. Castor <laughs> would think that your chin was ridiculous. Castor's just in love with himself. Right. Right. You know, he right. you know, he wants to look like himself. So he thinks everything about you is ridiculous. Oh, that's, that's what it is. And he's like, okay, okay. Oh, we can go that's with amazing. That. I love that. Um, so Castor tells Pollux that we need to tell the police the location of the bomb. Pollux is like saying, We're gonna lose our ten million dollars. And Castor's like says, yeah, but I'm going to be America's hero cop. That's worth a lot more. Mm-hmm. Then Travolta is like doing this fun riff on Nick Cage, like throughout. Know that. What's that worth? <laughs> you know, and all that. <laughs> like this is the time to act like Nick Cage, like yeah. when you're in private. Yeah, exactly. But so cut to the LA Convention Center. Cops are swarming everywhere. Bomb squad dudes. 
They're working on the bomb. There's just minutes to go. But he, and here's the thing that's like drives me. <laughs> this drove me a little bit crazy. Fine. You've got 11 days. You've got six days. You don't want to alert anybody. You don't want to fear anybody because you don't know. But the second like, oh, well, OK, never mind. Never mind. I'm I, I was overthinking it. They don't know until this instant. So there's no one to evacuate. Right. Right. In theory, I guess Pollock's. They didn't know until Pollux told him during this interview, like off camera. Right. But I mean, I guess my thought was, is like, okay, yeah, we yeah. know well, in well, minutes something is going to go off in L.A. They would probably try to evacuate the whole exactly, city. Exactly. Right. And no one which says Which is a anything. huge ordeal. Right. But like, yeah, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're but right. It would be hard to say like all of the greater Los Angeles area evacuate. Get the fuck that's out hard, of That's hard because that's like 20 right? million people. Right? Yeah, that's, that's true. It's, it's a lot of people. So, um, okay, okay. I was looking for an excuse to be uh, upset by continuity <laughs> and I have been completely thwarted. No, I tell you, airtight this script. <laughs> it is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, they really, there were things that they thought about. They really did. Yeah. <laughs> they really did. So, Caster tells the Bomb Squad guys, get the fuck out of here. Yep. So, he's all by himself now. He starts Dancing, he's humming uh, Handel's Messiah again. Mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. generally like savoring the moment. He takes a sweet time before disarming. He I, like whips his coat off and I everything. I do love too that as he's putting the coat in, it's clearly a video that's playing because the numbers are activating before he's pressing them. <laughs> <laughs> These movies were weird when the technology wasn't quite, it was someone's idea of yeah. what futuristic tech was like. The hilarious thing is it'd be such an easy thing to do now, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, so Castor, he takes a sweet time, disarms the bomb with two yeah. seconds to spare. I love his two, not one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also nuts because like, it, what if, if he did a typo the first time? You'd like to think you'd leave enough time to maybe do a try it again if you got it wrong. But maybe it blows up if you do it wrong. That's, I don't know. I mean, but I also love, though, that he manages to get all the way to this point. These two other guys are in full-on bomb gear. Yeah. And he's just wearing his, his suit. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. who who authorized him to wander on in to there? To wander on into this spot. He, he writes his own ticket. <laughs> <laughs> to me, though, this moment, it throws off like the, the audience expectation because I feel like we're feeling like the bomb is the big thing. It, that's what they set it up as. And right? then it's halfway through the movie. It's literally my favorite point of the movie. And it's and the bomb is handled. Yeah. And exactly. now where's the story? Gonna exactly. Go? I that is still I remember even watching this in 97 going, uh -huh. that was brilliant. Because they yeah. set it up like, oh, the bomb is going to be the big ticking clock over the, the course of the end, movie. At the climax, they're going to have to disarm the bomb. Right. Yeah, and it's no. like there's going to be this simultaneous trying to establish identities and disarm the bomb. But no, halfway through the movie, the bomb MacGuffin is taken off the table. And I thought that was brilliant. I, I, just, I love it. Brilliant. Yeah. Now, back at the prison, the nature video has been replaced by CNN news coverage. Why? Exactly. Archer, like, thwarting the terrorist attack. Yeah, I don't know why they'd be playing that for the inmates. If it, maybe it's just to fuck with Castor. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. But they say that the target of the bomb was these three Supreme Court justices that were going to speak there. So that's like, okay, they were, I guess, at the Bar Association, like, a meeting or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Castor delivers this very hammy message oh, to the imprisoned archer saying interception holding, now our side's got the ball sorry <laughs> holding the nerve gas in his hand this highly <laughs> volatile substance <laughs> this draws a big booze from the prisoners who yeah. apparently wanted to see like a million people dead i mean what have they got to lose this part was so campy though like travolta but it works i think because he's like you know 
caster just keeps it cranked to 11. Oh, always. But and also the plot's just so outrageous. I mean, like, I feel <laughs> like that you can sort of be a little campy with it because yeah. it's already sort of an unrealistic situation we're in here. Yeah. But so Castor, he's uh, basking in the ovation he's getting from all of his FBI co-workers, which just mirrors the scene we saw earlier where he didn't yeah. want any sort of kudos. Yeah. Meanwhile, Archer is distraught in prison. Castor, he's thanking everyone for putting up with how much of an insufferable bore he's been. been. Oh, my God. that was I loved insufferable bore. Which is, yeah. I, I felt like he's laying the groundwork for uh, the personality change they're going to see. Yep, yep. Now that maybe it's like, well, now that Castor's gone i can be myself yeah again, right you know, exactly sort of thing yeah. so margaret shows spots are opening sir did you have a surgical <laughs> procedure and he freaks out briefly yeah he is like was the stick successfully removed from your ass <laughs> which is hard to imagine saying that to your like boss in this like he's a he's a, a like a monumental tight ass yeah um she even seems surprised that he's not killing her. Yeah, yeah. Over it. So the secretary pops out and says, the president's on line one and your wife's on line two. And he's like, well, you tell the president to hold. <laughs> Boss move. <laughs> then he gropes the secretary's ass. He is just all over the map, right? I you mean, it's not this groan that's just so pervy. Like, yeah. Ugh. Again, coming in his pants, <laughs> He just came right? in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... Eve comes home later to hundreds of candles burning, lobster and spaghetti. Where did he find the time to do all of this? Uh, this every time this happens in movies, I always wonder how long did it take a person to light all these candles. <laughs> right, right. But it is lobster and spaghetti, odd combo. The perfect red lobster, by the way. Like, the lobster is so perfectly red, it should be in a red lobster commercial. Did he, like, make this? I don't Where'd know. Where did this food come from? We don't know. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. He's, uh, Castor regales her with stories about his conversation with the president, which he demanded and received the responsibility of being the FBI's like head of counterterrorism, he says the president called the head of the FBI and says, Sean Archer writes his own ticket. <laughs> this is the thing that I thought was so, This it, it happens over the course of the movie, is to a certain extent, Castor Troy is a better husband and father oh, yeah. than Sean Archer is. He is. Because and a better like, Go get her at work. Yeah, better you go know, get like her. He, he involves he's, his wife in his life, right? Yes. Like he tells his wife the call that he had with the president. He like makes a fancy dinner for her. Uh -huh. I mean, there's a lot of like loving behavior that is coming from Castor Troy here. And Travolta does such a more noticeable job of like trying to play it with a Nick Cage rhythm. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. Eve even remarks like, you seem different. And... Uh, Eve says that, you know, this candlelight dinner is not going to make me forget that you've been breaking all your promises, right? Like you said, you were going to be home more. Now you seem like you've got big career plans. Right. I know that. So she kicks off her shoes and starts rubbing her tired feet. Caster comes around the table, starts rubbing her feet, says, you know, I'll be home every night. You know, I'm going to consider this to be like a, almost like a Pulp Fiction uh, reference. Like, yeah, I'm the yeah. foot fucking master. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. giving a million ladies a million foot hey, massages. Man, like, the right foot rub is like remarkably intimate, <laughs> right? I mean. So then he kisses her, takes her upstairs and presumably fucks the hell out of her. And again, this is where we get into the whole, like, if they never address the sex side of things, right? Uh -huh. Then it wouldn't have been an issue. Like, I could believe that the, the penis size never came into play. 
because it was only supposed to be for two days anyway. And unless you're like rocking some other inmates world while you're in prison, yeah. who cares if your penis is right, right, right. If right? no one ever saw you naked, then the penis is it doesn't not an issue. matter. It only becomes an issue because when you're fucking, he someone. fucks his wife, right? Which maybe they're the maybe they're like keep the lights down low, you know, whatever. Like Again, lights turned yeah. off. Maybe you don't if you don't see it. Maybe they maybe, you don't yeah, really maybe notice like, unless it's a huge difference. Right, right, um, right. Exactly. Like oh. Holy oh shit! You, yeah, well, this is wait. What happened? Oh, you're much bigger or much smaller. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. There's but some if you're noticeable comparable, change. maybe, and it's been so long. Yeah, maybe I mean, it's again, like in the diary, right? They, but if there was like a pronounced bend you know, to someone's penis, or like, like where did that wart come from? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. There's a lot of questions, but it's better anyway, that they don't address it. Probably, right. it actually is. Okay. So yeah, we presume whatever. This has been long enough time that. That she's not going to notice whatever the, the difference. Yes, to the exactly. Way. But then even if they had the same penis, like, I would think the way in which he dicks her down would be different. Exactly. Like the, I mean, it's not, like it's not, it's not, it, there is technique involved. There's technique, there is, there's like, everybody's a, got their own moves. I mean, Seinfeld's done entire episodes <laughs> yeah, of his show so, about this. I don't know. But back at the prison, Archer, he's getting his one hour a day outside of his cell. Mm-hmm. He's asking Thomas Jane, how can I escape? So Thomas Jane's like, you can't do it because of the boots. They only come off when they're about to punish you with the electroshock. He says you can't, and then it immediately explains how you can actually escape from yeah. prison. <laughs> now, Archer spots a guard sneaking a cigarette. He walks over and he asks him for a cigarette. The guard refuses, and Archer starts beating the hell out of him, and he takes the cigarette from him. Archer then gets overwhelmed by guards. They carry him away. He grabs the cigarette, though. I love that. Yeah. And he's like, anybody got a light? Anybody got a light? Anybody got a light? Oh, my God. What a Any great. Light? That was a great moment. It's awesome. I love that moment. Castro doesn't seem to be particularly well liked, like, among the inmates, because a lot of them seem that like they were happy to see him getting beat up. Yeah. yeah which yeah, I thought yeah. was weird. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. maybe he, like, fucked a lot of people over. It wouldn't surprise his... me. I mean, it, it, like, no honor among thieves, right? So For I sure. feel like. You know, there's probably so many people in this black site prison that he has probably framed and sent yeah, there. Yeah, sure. So it's another, though, beating that he's taken without it affecting his voice. Not chip. at all. At the clinic, there's Zap and Dubov with this electroshock. <laughs> Pretty gross. He's like, seems like he's thrown he's up like, all, yeah, over all over himself. Yeah, yeah. So they haul Dubov out of the chair. He's like semi-conscious. Holy shit, the fucking doctor is Joe Bob Briggs. <laughs> what, Joe from- Bob the alter ego, uh, he's like, he used to host that like Monster Vision and he does these like uh, The Last American Drive In or whatever oh show. It's the alter ego of this guy named John Bloom. Okay. He started off being like a, a movie critic and a sports writer from Arkansas or something. Then he invented this alter ego of Joe Bob Briggs, like a character. He's sort of like this red, like beer guzzling redneck appreciator of like. B to C to D level movies or whatever <laughs> is not unlike what we do on this podcast, but like he really loves like monster movies and grindhouse yeah. movies. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So he hosted Joe Bob's drive in theater on, I think the movie channel back in the day. Yeah. I remember the, yeah. Then yeah, he, yeah, yeah. then he hosted a show called monster vision on T on TNT, which I remember. Well, I do remember that. Now he does a show on shutter called the last drive in. He's a, like hilarious dude. He's had an awesome career. It's like this, but he's like, well, happy day. It's Caster Troy <laughs> when they bring him in. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> he appears also, like, apparently he's in a lot of campy horror movies now as some sort of version of himself. Oh, okay. Or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But he was also in the movie Casino, like the Scorsese flick. He was like the ne'er-do-well 
dealer. Yeah. The again, redneck, like, nephew-in-law, you know, of someone who got a job and then got fired and whatever. But, yeah, that's Joe Bob Briggs. He's, like, a well-known dude. It's, like, awesome to see him. That's doing crazy. Something. And then well, that happy one. happy day. It's Castor Troy. I mean, I remember that line is classic, but, like, that flew over my head. Like, this is all outside of my purview yeah, somehow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He, he's, a, like, a weird dude. I need to have a Shutter subscription so I can watch yeah, his thing. Yeah, Because the thing is, basically, they do, like, these weird just double features of, like, maybe a classic, so like, like, like Elvira kind of movie. thing. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very much like uh it's like they TNT used to have that like movies for guys like movies yeah, and, I remember and that. dinner and a movie where yeah. they'd be like they show you how to cook in between like commercial breaks and stuff. It's kind of cool. You know, some, um, sometimes I miss the old days of television. Absolutely. Like, like dinner and a movie would never work on Netflix, really. Yeah. I, it's just because the commercial breaks actually work in your favor in that. Right. Format, right. You right? turn a weakness into a strength. Into or whatever. a strength. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But anyway, so. So Archer asks someone before they start, like, sh- get to shocking him. Yeah. Can someone give me a light? Which the guards are, like, happily obliged. Why, like, why? Why are you so willing to do this? They've gone from beating the shit out of him <laughs> to, like, being very friendly in 60 seconds, yeah. you know? Yeah. They strap Archer in. They prepare to shock him. Archer starts talking to Dubov. Mm-hmm. Says, you know, I never fucked your wife or your sister. Your wife is probably waiting for you outside. We should escape together. The guards start laughing at his attempt to talk to Dubov, who seems, you know, completely out of it. But then he's apparently like a big wife guy. Yeah. Because he like just <laughs> he snaps so back rrr. into consciousness, like superhuman strength. Incredible starts Hulk mode. Thrashing guards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's beating dudes up. Archer takes that cigarette and he burns the guy's wrist as he's trying to like lash him in or whatever. Then he starts beating asses. Dubov like brains the main guard with something or another. <laughs> it's a good fight sequence, yeah. actually. Archer and Dubov, they lay waste to this whole squad of armed guards. <laughs> <laughs> In the control center, the guards start to lock down all the other prisoners. But Archer, he grabs a pistol off one of the down guards and starts shooting. This is really tricky because through th- in this scene and throughout the movie... You got to make sure Archer never kills a cop. Right, right. right Otherwise, right. he's not a good guy anymore. Yeah. You know? So the most he can ever do is, like, shoot somebody in the leg or yeah. the foot or whatever. He gets one guy in the foot, and the Wilhelm scream rings out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And then later, he shoots a dude in the ass. We'll get yeah, to right. that later. But the, but in, when they're still in the... <sighs> he falls, right? No, he no, falls. It's railing kill. Yeah, <laughs> so kill. it's like immediately <laughs> after he breaks out... He grabs the pistol. The guy who shoots in the foot is the one who does the Wilhelm screen and then has the railing kill moment. Right? Amazing. Oh, yeah. And that dude fell down. And it was like a spectacular fall. Like it he was landed a, on a metal table. Again, I got to call I this out. he was on wires. Yeah. But it, still, it looked great. The stunt work in this movie is remarkably good. Well, you know in a John Woo flick, like you're going to get top-notch sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody sure. wanted to be uh, in a John Woo movie in the 90s. So uh, now reinforcements arrive. Dubov starts wiping him out with this rolling gurney he takes him <laughs> out with. <right. laughs> like any medical facility, there's this big jar of sulfuric acid in there. Always. Which Archer takes and he uses to maim a bunch of other guards. You can't <laughs> kill them. they're not dead, though. You but they're not you dead. You can dump acid on their face. Yeah. You just can't kill them. They'll never get another date again, but at least they're alive. I'm not convinced that there's many clinics around that keep big <laughs> jars of acid in them. <laughs> Like, what would be the medical purpose I don't of know. having a jar of acid? I mean, look, if you've got a shank that is just stuck too deep, maybe <laughs> you burn it away with acid. So 
Archer and Dubov, they climb up on the catwalk where Dubov grabs a down guard's assault rifle. And he starts killing dudes. He's like mowing guys down, but there's nothing Archer can do about it. So that's right. okay. Right, right, you know? right. Exactly. He does exactly. plenty of that. It's always the gray area, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now they take control of the, like the command center, which is like this elevated, uh, whatever hub above the main common area which looks exactly like the death star control center in oh, my yeah. opinion i mean like straight up just death star, star they probably Wars. they might have recycled another <laughs> command center from another movie the <laughs> yeah. set guys yeah. but archer starts studying the controls they start getting shot at again archer starts messing with the controls and he manages to somehow overload the power I, how the fuck does he know how this works i love that there is an Overload option. Yes. A, overload that. A regular option and a disable option. Right. On the screen, and you show, he chooses he overload. Chooses overload. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, he overloads the power, I guess, which releases all the prisoners from like lockdown. Yeah. yeah. And so it makes the monitors explode. The, for some yeah. The reason. big video board just explodes, sparks yeah. flying everywhere. Archer is like a computer whiz, apparently, because he figured out how to work this shit. Like, and he can split. fly helicopters. And he flies helicopters. Yeah. Uh, and he works experimental like jet engine oh, control right. panels <laughs> so he's a man he's a multifaceted man so one of the guards stabs dubov in the leg and now the yep. main guard he's popped back up in the fracas down below he shoots dubov doesn't he, he? Like he multiple falls, times dubov yeah. falls over the railing archer goes to help him grabs the gun he's with superhuman strength he's holding dubov who's like a big guy really, with yeah. one hand yeah he's yeah they, they have this moment between them he eventually like loses his grip though and dubov falls down then sparks are everywhere through this whole sequence because the guards start shooting at him again, like one shot and sparks pop off in like five different spots <laughs> on the wall or whatever. But, uh, Thomas Jane and the other inmates, they attack that main guard and presumably like probably rape him to death. There's no, there's no good way that this ends for this guard, right? Nah, I mean, he is not ingratiating himself. He's with got anybody. it coming. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got it coming. So Archer, then he goes up and up and up some more stairs until eventually he bursts out into daylight, finds he's trapped on like an offshore oil rig, which I remember that being just an awesome reveal. Yeah. Cause you didn't yeah, yeah. And the first time watching, you had no idea where they were. Where is it going like, be? holy shit, he's in yeah. the middle of the ocean. This is crazy. Yeah. Now, a helicopter appears from nowhere. <laughs> Out of nowhere. And starts shooting at Archer. And this is another moment to mention that the stunt double for Nick Cage just oh, looks nothing like Nothing him. like I him. I thought the dude looked a lot like Bruce Willis. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah, yeah. look but his, like his body Nick type Nick. is completely different. The hair wasn't even a good match. No, they. I mean, it's, it's almost like they... Again, I, I wonder if there was just something about movies in the 90s before high def where you could get away with it I think a so. lot easier. Like True Lies is the epitome of that. Because oh, True Lies, if you watch that, you're like, holy shit, this guy doubling Schwarzenegger looks nothing like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it was just the 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 era that you see it one time and it's in a flash yeah. on screen on the big screen. And then at home, it's like low def. Yeah. You know, it's like on a four, CRT. That's on a, yeah, 19 you don't really notice on a 19 inch right. and, screen. And the funny thing too is, is like, uh, it, well, not funny, but just interestingly, like I don't remember being so aware of the stunt doubles being so bad when I saw this back in the nineties. Right. And now yeah. I watch it. It's like, it's so apparent Maybe we were desensitized. Like maybe just cause that's how every movie was. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I've got I've got more content to discuss later. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. I wonder because I wonder like legitimately it's just a weird thing. But yeah, so are there the guys in the helicopter they're shooting at Archer. Archer's running. 
Uh, he's diving out of the f- way. His shoes catch on fire for some reason. For some reason. Uh, right. Yeah. He sheds the shoes. He jumps off that oil rig. And then the helicopter just that's leaves. It. No, that's it. Oh, okay. Oh, he got away. I did what I was supposed to do. He got away this time. I love the idea that the helicopter pilot, like, did his due diligence, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I tried. Like, no one can accuse me of not trying. It's like, you are in the middle of the ocean, so he's going to pop up right. sooner exactly. or later. Exactly. He can't hold his breath forever. He can wait and shoot. Yeah. Um, but so back at the Archer home, Castor is heading out to work, and Eve chases him down in, like, the pouring rain. Yep. Castro thinks it's because he forgot to give her like a goodbye kiss or whatever. She says, you know, I know you may not want to deal with this day, but we have to. So they show up to the uh, cemetery. Yeah. Like bright sunny day. I, it, this, this, it bothered this me so much. Drove me, okay. Okay. Good. Cause it bothered me too, because it's like Southern California, palm trees everywhere, pouring down rain. Yeah. Cut to like cemetery in New England in the fall. <laughs> like there's dead yeah, leaves yeah. everywhere. She has to brush them off of Mikey's grave. It was weird. In mean in, in the meanwhile, super sunny. Yeah, yeah, it's super sunny. And in the background, it's clearly like summer because the, the leaves on all the trees are bright green. <laughs> <laughs> it was just dramatic, like climate change yeah, yeah, happening exactly. on the screen here. Yeah. The Eve breaks into this uncontrolled sobbing and it's like, he took our little boy, <laughs> which was like very on the nose. Yeah. Uh, Castor seemed to be unmoved by it, I thought. Or yeah, I know. He was, like, he was just like blandly patting her shoulder, sort of like, like, when is this going to be like, over? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now, later on at the FBI office, Castor is informed that Castor died in prison trying to escape. And it's really weird to me that everyone seems to be like aware of the existence of this super secret prison, this extra judiciary, like people are being held there that haven't ever been tried or gone through any sort of trial. <laughs> and everyone's aware Bay. of it. It's like, and just, it's off the coast of Los Angeles, by the way. Yeah. It's not like far off. Castor demands. I want to see the body. They tell him, well, the body hasn't been recovered yet. Castor freaks out and demands, you know, that we put on APB for Castor Troy. Do you think he's more concerned like that he's obviously not dead or is he concerned like I got to recover that body and get that face? That's what I because like he was really explicit with Pollux is like this ridiculous chin. And yeah, the way yeah. I look. So I don't think he cares about whether or not the guy's alive right now. I think he just wants his face back. Right? It is a good example of just movies in general where everyone's like, he must be dead. We have yeah. no body, but the guy must be dead. Right. Let's just move on under the assumption that he's dead. <laughs> and it's like, but in this instant, we'll find like, a body. Yeah, exactly. Give me a body. Show Let's, me a body. Like, show me the body. Tommy Lee Jones in the future. <laughs> he, the guy is fish food. <laughs> then go get me a cane pole and catch the fish that ate him. Oh, man. Oh, Fugitive. Uh, that, Another, like, classic. That's a fucking amazing oh, movie. what a good movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I know we should be watching that yeah, right, right now. I mean, that was, a, I mean, that was a good one. <laughs> so, Margaret Cho says that even though he's alive, he could be alive, but he's not stupid enough to come back to the city. And Castor, like, caresses her face very unprofessionally, I think, <laughs> and says he's probably already, already here. here. It's a good rule of thumb, like, to never gently caress the face of a coworker. I mean, the HR violations in this movie are just overwhelming. Yeah. The cut to Archer stealing a car from the valet stand at Newmark's Seafood Cafe, which I Googled 
Because I'm like, that's a weirdly like the, you're specific sp- showing the signage like more yeah. than one time. Yeah. That's n- not a real place, okay. which makes it to me even more weird. <laughs> right. It's like the props guy made up prop signs for this one scene. I wonder, like, what like, I imagine. Because there's a one on the valet little stand, yeah, and yeah. there's, like, a sign in the lawn or it whatever. It shows up the building. in multiple like, You could easily just have a, a, a little stand that says valet. Right, exactly. But it doesn't have to have the name of a nope. fictitious restaurant that's of no import. I've got to believe that the prop master, maybe his sister had a baby. And like, oh, yeah, someone could be named Newmar right, or something exactly. like that. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is a shout out. Right, to, exactly. Yeah, okay. That's all I could figure was like it had to be some sort of inside joke with the props department or the production design department. So now Archer zips over to Eve's hospital. He calls her from the parking lot on the on the car phone. Yeah, on the car the phone. The good old day of car phones. Oh, my God. He gets Eve on the phone, says, you know, the man you think is your husband isn't. Take, you should take Jamie and go to your mother's house. And I think for that to work, you got to like, you would have to have gone straight into stuff that no one else could know. Right. Except for your real husband. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. You can't, yeah, yeah. You open with that. I know you're not going to believe me, but here, listen to this story. Okay. Now do what I say. Now listen, right. I, I am your husband. This guy is not your husband. Right. Take Jamie and go far, far away. Right. Um, but. As it plays out, she just hangs up on him. It's like, don't ever call me again. Which is like sort of like the natural response. Yeah, I think so for sure. Right. She looks a little rattled, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think she's always maybe felt like there's something a little off with like new Archer. Yeah, yeah. But so. Especially that he wants to fuck with the lights on instead of off. Yeah, right. Uh, So then Archer tries to call his boss and explain the situation. But Castor answers the phone in the boss's office, whatever. Archer tells Castor. Well, if I'm talking to Sean Archer, I guess that makes me Caster Troy. Yes. Or whatever. Which is a great line. Yeah, great moment from both actors, like yep. making great faces, too. So the plot has thickened even more <laughs> than it has. It's the thickest plot I think we've ever had on this podcast. And there is still an hour left in this movie. Yes. At least an hour left in this yes. movie. So <laughs> we'll leave it there for now, though. Uh, we're spent. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot more to discuss. So much more. Movie's batshit crazy. I can't wait to talk about the rest of it. Oh, it, we're getting to the best part of it. It is a nonstop, like, well, no, there's like one quiet moment, and then it is off to the races for the rest of the movie. Yes. Yeah, so have a good week, everybody, and we'll be back. Yeah.